Welcome to The Player's Voice, a podcast brought to you by the Gaelic Players Association in collaboration with Real Talks. My name is Alan O'Mara. I'm the host of this podcast, a former Cavan goalkeeper, and I now work as a performance and wellbeing consultant with sports and business leaders around the world. For our first episode of 2023, I'm delighted to be joined by Tyrone's All-Ireland winner and All-Star goalkeeper, Niall Morgan. During our conversation, Niall talks about the challenge of juggling family, sport and career commitments. He reflects on the highs of winning the All-Ireland Football Championship and chats about the need for himself and Tyrone to get back to basics this season. He also discusses the importance of switching off, developing confidence and remembering that there is a person behind each and every inter-county player. This podcast series is brought to you as part of Bio360, a GPA programme that empowers inter-county players across four key areas. Life skills, well-being, dual career and transitions. Please go to bio360.gaelicplayers.com to learn more. But for now, please sit back, relax and enjoy the player's voice with Niall Morgan. Niall Morgan, you're very welcome to The Player's Voice. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks very much for having me, Alan. Thank you. Yeah, we'll start with, I'm looking there, I think you're you're sitting in a school office, so you're you're hiding away somewhere, haven't done a day's work. So where are you? What have you been up to? Like, wh- who are you teaching or what are you teaching? Yeah, so I've recently, well, just the start of September, started a new post. I'm now a teaching principal in St. John's Aglish, which is in Onochmore, County Armagh. So uh, across, across the border, uh, teaching P6 and P7 as well as well as the principal so classroom three days and office two days um, so it's it's interesting What's the difference between that say in a regular teaching post or what's that kind of transition like for anyone that doesn't know including myself Yeah well it was it's in terms of difference like um, I was teaching in Eden Dark Primary School for eight years and you know like the my last three years there I was teaching Primary 6 just uh, so we had a straight straight class um, of in around thirty children most years, um, whereas in Annachmore it's a smaller school, it's a co- country school, um, and I'm like uh, fourteen in my class now, so ten primary six and four p sevens, and um, some people think it's it's easier then, but you're still covering the same same level of curriculum and stuff. Um, I suppose the biggest difference is that there's there's now uh, more responsibility land at my door. Uh, Thursday and Friday in the office, you're you're sort of trying to tidy things up and get policies in line, and I suppose get get my head around the different side of of the office desk, I suppose, and trying to l- learn my way through it. And I suppose I guess was teaching something, Niall, as as a profession, as a calling, was that something you kind of always saw for yourself, or a kind of way of life that you always saw for yourself? Yeah, well, I was was always pretty good in school and enjoyed school, and um, but. And whenever I was first year in St Patrick's Academy, two thousand and three, uh, Tyrone just won the All Ireland. And at the end of September that year, and Kieran Gurley was my maths teacher, and he, he brought in the All Ireland medal and he passed it around the class. And w- whenever I seen that you could be a teacher and and win All Ireland medals, that was just my my mind made up. So from from first year basically, in my academy days, that's whenever the. It became a reality that, that was that was what I was going to do when I got older. 
And I suppose then as a kid, you're looking up and you see you have a clear role model and then there's kind of a, you're able to join up two things in your brain almost straight away of, oh, this could work for me. I suppose on the practical side of it now, like as an adult and for practically working every day, what is the thing I suppose that you enjoy most about teaching? Like what is the, I suppose a lot of the time we'll hear cliches or people like, oh, you're a GA player, you must be a teacher, that'll pop up every now and again. But I suppose practically in your day-to-day life, like what is it about teaching? What is it that you enjoy the most? I will. Every, everybody says the only reason we're teachers is because of July and August. <laughs> but like you enjoy the satisfaction out of out of seeing people succeed, get better, going from you know not being able to do something to being able to do it, and and really you know you're you're constantly building building people's confidence around you, and I think that's why I sort of wanted to move into the the principal side of things as well, like because I enjoy like team building basically and, and boosting morale and um, being part of a team environment and I think like in a school it's the same idea as being on a football team like you're you're part of a, a group of people that want to make things better for others um, so like just just enjoy you know giving people the opportunity to succeed and, and get the best out of themselves That's holy and I suppose that would link in then in terms of making that transition from being a, a direct teacher to I think technically you described yourself as a teaching principal. Did I get that correct? That's it, yeah. I suppose is that part of your motivation to be able to oversee maybe an environment more and a culture more within like a building, within a within a school in terms of having more kind of, whether it's not necessarily control, but kind of more influence over the type of place you want that to be for the kids that are coming in every day. And you said trying to develop people, trying to improve people. And ultimately, I'm sure underneath that, trying to create a place that people want to come to and enjoy and can be themselves. Definitely, that's that's exactly it. You, whenever you're in a classroom and you're teaching, you've you've got sort of you're you're overseeing what's going on within your classroom. But I always like the idea of being able to to help others uh, on a on a wider scale. And you know, like you always have a vision of what you would like the school to be. But whenever you're you're teaching, it's hard to actually implement that and and make it a reality. So. Like getting the opportunity to become a principal and sort of change things and and try to to help a staff to to feel like they're really wanted and really want to be there and that they want to influence children's you know livelihoods in a in a positive manner is is probably what what set me on on, on the journey of to become a principal. Like um, obviously. There, there is more responsibility that comes along with it and probably more stress and uh, more phone calls and stuff. But like as I said, I enjoy that. Uh, I suppose it's it's a leadership role with it within the the school uh, building and within the, the the team that we have together here as a staff. So it's it's something that I, I'm enjoying doing and I'm I'm looking forward to to progress to progressing in my career in it. And was there any part to you, as I said, I'm listening to you there in terms of, you know, like a leadership role, there's kind of those extra responsibilities or pressures that come with it. I'm just curious, was there any part of you that was like, actually, maybe if I'm still playing here, should I just kind of stay in my lane and be a teacher and kind of kick that can down the road? Was that like an internal conversation for yourself? Was it something you talked out loud with, with your partner or friends? Was that, would that have played, would that have popped up in your mind during the process? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, like I'm... Married a wife, Kira. Now we got married twenty seventeen. Um, like I was twenty five. A lot of people would say that's very young to be getting married. 
We have two young kids. Christy just turned three in January and Maisie will be two now at the end of March. So like there's a lot going on at at home, never mind within the, the county setup and then the club setup. And uh, we've done my masters and graduated last year. Um and like so there there is loads happening, but like me and my wife had the conversation and I'm just not the sort of person that enjoys sitting still and you know, I always want to be pushing myself on and moving on to the next step and like that's she's so supportive and she's always there and she's you know without her being at home and and giving the time and support to the family that whenever I'm not there uh, she's a teacher herself and so she knows the the pressure and stress that come with the job in general and whenever I talked about going on to be a principal she she was ultra supportive but you know she just said it wouldn't be for her and it's not something that she, she would want to be doing but um, it's it's just as I say I'm just one of them sort of people that always wants to be moving forward and, and progressing and it just seemed like the natural step for me to to start looking this way Yeah and then I suppose like listen to you there you know you talk about so there's there's working in terms of being a teacher and then stepping up into a principal now like you mentioned him doing a master's there which I'm, I'm guessing was that tied in with wanting to become a principal was that was that linked to that yeah. position? Yeah it was le- master's in leadership and education Excellent. Um, and then you mentioned obviously being a dad, having a young family at home, being a GA player, both club and county. And I suppose I'm just curious kind of how you find juggling all those commitments, like, and kind of what, what helps you to do that? I suppose, like, in terms of the player's voice, we've been having conversations with a whole right wide range of, of, of male, female players about life on and off the pitch. And just as you kind of described that, I suppose that busyness that can pop into your life, I'm sure, at different stretches, I suppose I'd be curious as to maybe what. I suppose what helps you juggle those and kind of helps you look after yourself within all that? I think the, the biggest thing for me personally is time management and, you know, having a plan for what's happening. Um, even like if, like a mid, mid-term break, uh, whenever it comes up, like I'll have a plan of, of what's going to happen each day, uh, be it like that I'm going golfing, be it Kira having appointments, uh, be it, Days with the kids, like I just always want to have a plan of things. Where when training's going to be, if training changes, like it it frustrates me if there's like late notice to th- to things changing. I just I, I like the routine. I suppose that's why maybe school works for me as well. That you know you have the routine of you know when you're going to be working, when the holidays are going to be, um, and then like you sort of follow a similar routine each day, and that you know what the the kids are going to be learning and stuff, um. So I think think time management and, and being planned and prepared is huge um, for, for anybody that's going to step into a, an important role, be that in, in a place of work or be it in a county team that they're, they're managing themselves effectively. And I suppose like time management is, is it a, a buzzword or a phrase that will get thrown around a lot and be like, oh, you need to get better at time management. I know for sure I remember a, a manager telling me that at one point when I was playing and I'm sure I've said it to other people in terms of work. But I suppose practically the question I have for you is like, how do you go about that? Like, is that like, is it a calendar on the computer? Are you pen and paper? Like, is it, I know I spoke to, I actually spoke to Philly McMahon before on, on the podcast and he talked about like, you know, colour blocks on a calendar. Like practically, how do you go about kind of observe, like managing that, observing that and making sure you're you're looking after that end of yourself? It, it just depends on, you know, what it's for. So like my timekeeping, like even 
some boys hearing me talking about time management, they'll be laughing like because I'm nearly late all the time for for everything that I do. Um, but like in terms of, um, like in school, like you obviously have your, like Adam, every day is planned at least a week in advance, just in a word document. Then like it feeds into your next week's planning, so you're you're constantly on on the word document in terms of what you're teaching. For the office job, I'm just constantly writing notes in my diary. Um, so like that, one of them's going from always being, you know, documented in a computer to being handwritten. Um, in terms of like, as I said about planning midterm breaks and stuff, it's just on the notes section of my phone. You know what what needs to be done. Um, even in terms of like coming up to the summer, like things that we want to do, and just make a list of stuff on on the notes and just tick them off as we go or delete them as we go. So, just I think. It doesn't have to be like a one size fits all for everything, but it's finding a way that that works for you for whatever it is that you're looking to plan. Like, and then obviously the Tyrone side of things, we've got our our team up where where all the sessions are are detailed for in in it for us. So, um, it just just depends what what I'm looking to ma- manage. Like, I wouldn't have I don't really use the calendar on my phone in terms of the dates, but I I will I like write in. And the note section, as I say, just like say, July the first day, first day of summer, <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and and what probably a uh, golf summer, um. But I'm um, like just go through go through it like that. And then I suppose as I'm listening to you there, kind of talking about like I suppose and recognizing those different commitments you have to juggle and to fulfill. How important has is time for yourself and all that? And I appreciate that's probably easier said than done when you've got like all that stuff that you've described, including family life and sport life. But do you make time for yourself within all that? Is that something that's important to you? And I suppose if you do, how do how do you go about that? Oh, definitely. Like I, I'm keen, I love playing golf. Like golf is, is my time to to get away. And again, uh, only for having a, a wife that's very understanding. Like golf's not something that you pop out of the house for, for an hour to play. Like, you know, you could be away for five or six hours at a time. Um, and like that's sort of, my my headspace is is playing golf and the lad that I play with most of the time, uh, Joe Timlin, he's a uh, like he's he, he's into football, but like he knows when to talk about it and when I don't want to talk about it, which is great because it is a time to get away and a time to to just go and relax and and talk about things outside of football and um it's he, he's really good at knowing when. He needs to needs to probe at me for for what's wrong <laughs> if if there's a club <laughs> fl- flinging through the air or something. Uh, he knows to start probing, um, but no, it's it's it's. I think it's it's something that everybody needs to have is like something away from what's taking up the majority of their time. So, like if it is county football, you need to have something that is your switch off mode where you can go and if it is a golf course, if it's the cinema, wherever it is that you can just sit back and switch all off and, and have a bit of time to yourself that you can not think rather than think. Yeah, like I think that's I think that's such an important point and you know like you talk about a lot of the time or certainly in often the world we get caught up in that kind of cult of business where I'm kind of going from here to there and then there to there and almost we can time management becomes just kind of making sure you get all your tasks done or kind of doing all those things and I'm always kind of just curious as the benefit or how people find that space. I think golf is the one you've described there to find that kind of, maybe you can find a bit of a flow or 
I suppose, do you ever, with golf, say, do you ever struggle in terms of getting like tick at yourself in terms of because you, you start trying to think you need to be really good at this or is it something that you can relax into and actually kind of use as an escapism? Uh, it's a, a, I suppose it depends. Like the the problem of playing along with, well, the good thing and the problem of playing along with Joe is he's really good. So he play, he plays off like scratch or plus one, plus two. Um, I'm, I play off six, so I'm trying to keep up with him. And on days it's, it's great because you, you're kind of close to him. And then other days you're you're so far away and you're nearly frustrated because you're you're not as good. <laughs> um, but it there's days I go out and it's just like right, I'm just going out here to get my head shard for for four hours and I'm just going to enjoy the fresh air. And then there's other days that you know there maybe is something that has annoyed you, and suddenly the the golf seems to annoy you even more. So, um, but I, I, look, it's just something that I, that I really enjoy doing and something that I I can get away from and. Just thinking in terms of that time management thing again, like I would always have a switch off time in terms of work, like, you know, I'm stay, I stay late on, on a Monday, but like the other days I would have a time where even if I'm not finished, you know, right, it's it's home time and I need to go home because I see my family or I've trained or whatever. And I think that's important as well that you don't overdo overdo things on yourself and that you, you have a time where you say, right, enough's enough. It's, like I'm, I'm always preaching it in school about homework with kids. Like parents are saying, maybe it's taking too long or whatever. But I would be saying, like, you know, if they do twenty or thirty minutes, you know, enough's enough, sort of thing, and let them put away the books and and do something that they enjoy. They've they spent enough time in school, and it's the same for for adults in terms of work. Like you, you need to put things away and and enjoy the the other things in life. Yeah, I think like have you ever is it something you've ever struggled with now the last couple of years in terms of trying to find that balance between sport, life, work? Like has there has there ever been times where it kinda it creeps in on top of you or you're feeling like tired or getting close to a burnout or burned out? Is that ever kind of popped up in your life? Uh, I think it's sort of at the in November, December time there was the, was this new job, obviously. Um it's it's an extra about twenty minutes from home compared to my last job. So it was trying to find the balance of, you know, getting home at a good time from school that I could spend some time with my wife and kids before I go to training. Because I say, on, on a Monday, like, I stay late in school, so I don't really get to see them much on a Monday. Tuesday, we're training, and, like, for, for the first while, I was literally coming in through the door for maybe 15 minutes. And, like, it was nearly upsetting everybody because it was a complete panic and rushing match um, for me to get in, get a bite of food maybe, and get out through the door. So rather than actually getting some decent quality time with them it was just upsetting everybody's rhythm um, so I've only really started to get get it together now in the last couple of weeks where it's you know I have to I know I have to be out of school at a certain time to get home to have enough time with with the family so it's it was, it was tough getting that balance because obviously new in our role and in an important role you, you want to sort of be be setting good examples and you didn't want to be seen as you know he's he's swinging the lead the day again and and running home ahead early, early. So it's a uh, it was it was tough striking that balance to start with. Yeah, I think like that point now, like is such an important point of like with particularly with GA players at intercounty level. Like we all, if we're watching it on the TV, sometimes that like detaches you from like the realization of who these people are and that they're they're real people out playing the games. Or if you know if someone has a bad game. Like you said, like let's say that happens on Tuesday and Thursday for you, and you don't play as well on Saturday. Like there's real life issues that's kind of popping around in the background, or that that you have to juggle. And I suppose like 
the GPA is an organization that's tr- tried to and does step up in that space to help players maybe find better sport life balance to manage those issues when they pop up. And I know you're involved with the Gale Players Association and on the National Executive Committee. So I was just kind of curious, um, what does that mean? Because I'm just even thinking now and always laughed, as I said, like that's another layer of commitment on top of being a player or being involved in leadership in Throne. What does that actually mean in terms of your role responsibility there in the group and what motivated you to get involved in that capacity, Niall? It was, um, I, I've always, I suppose, again, maybe people think that I just like to be in, stuck in the middle of things, um, but like, I always had a view that that players should be treated uh, in a way that is respectful of them and in recognition, I suppose, for the amount of effort and time that they put into things, and you know the the role that the that we play in, uh, I suppose, in society in general. Like, and I know we're in a in a privileged position getting to play for county, um, but it, there is a lot of stress and and time and pressure involved in it. Um, it's it's not easy at times. Like, I sort of look at twenty twenty one, where you uh, you win Ulster and you win All Ireland and you're a great fella, and then look back to last year and we're out early and you know you're meeting people and they're the first thing they say what happened is this year you know what's what's going on up there I hear such and such had a fight in training and I hear so you're, you're just thinking like there couldn't be any further from the truth and even this year you know we we started okay and um, then but once Derry beat us in the Mechanic Cup final it was everything looks disjointed and it looks like boys aren't getting on and boys don't care and like I sort of talk to the boys about it at the weekend like like nobody on any county team goes and trains three four nights a week and shows up for a game at the weekend because they don't care or because because they don't want to be there do you know what I mean and that's um, and I think right from when I was just into the throne panel uh, I always felt it important that we stood up for ourselves and, and weren't afraid to to you know get a point across if we needed and then uh, whenever Matty took over as captain in 2018, he asked me to be the the players rep. Um, don't know whether he asked me to be the players rep because he he felt like uh, I was a good influence, or because he felt like I wasn't afraid to to say what I thought. Um, and that that involved taking on the GPA role as just a rep, and it was something that I enjoyed and enjoyed like again trying to help boys to to progress their careers. Um, try I would. My big thing was trying to get boys away from the notion that the GPA was only there to help you if you were in a bad place. You know, like that, you know, it was only if you had an addiction or if it was only if you were depressed or if it was, you know, that you really, really were in desperate need of help, which they do a lot of unbelievable work in. But I was trying to say to the boys, like, don't get to that stage. Like, you know, the GPA is there to help you before, you know, you hit a, you hit a point where, where things get really tough. Um, in terms of like progression in jobs, um, financial aid, um, like they helped me out with my masters in terms of the financial side of things, and they're always trying to push the county players so that whenever they retire, that they're in a better place than whenever they started. And I th- think like, I don't think they get enough recognition for what they do in terms of the players. It's always oh, there's the GPA looking more money, you know, off the off the GAA, but like. There, there probably isn't another organisation where where players uh, face as much scrutiny, uh, considering their their amateur status, um, and like just 
then it was a uh, Paul Flynn. Whenever he took, he was in the, he was the CEO, and he asked me to to become part of the NEC, and like it was, I seen it as a as a privilege to to be part of and to to help. And any time there's a meeting, I was like, I'd say ninety five percent of them, if not them all, I've been part of, and I just see it as a as a position of privilege that that you're being asked to be at the, you know, at the forefront of of the players' body and, and people that are really trying to push things on for the players. You mentioned the you mentioned the scrutiny of of players there, Niall, and like say, even go back to both in terms of the GPA, but also in terms of throwing. When like say, does it does you lose a game, and then like people are like, oh, there's this fight and there's that going on. Like, does that frustrate you at times when like obviously like I'm 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 genuinely and I'm thinking about like that the story you described of running into your house to grab your bag and almost upsetting kids and family because you're almost getting in the way of the rhythm to go grab your kit bag to get out to go train again. So like when you're given that. I suppose when you're making that sacrifice, giving that effort, does it frustrate you at times how it can kind of quickly it can flip across to maybe cynicism or frustration or negativity from from people who are, if it's supporters or whoever it may be? Uh, definitely. Um, uh, I distinctly remember after uh, one of the Kerry games we lost, it wasn't the one in 2021, I think. It might have been the year before where, where they beat us down in, in Killarney and we stopped at a shop on the way up the road and in in one of the apple greens or something or and some somebody said to one of our players, Do you think I spent my hard earned money to come down and watch that a uh, load of whatever that you've put on today? And you're sort of thinking like, Do you think that we put in all the effort in training over the last number of months to to play like that? Like, you know, we, we did and have an off day, like and you know, that, that can happen and, you know, it frustrates the players as much as it frustrates anybody else. And, like, as a player, like, you're so grateful to the people that do spend their hard-earned money uh, coming out to support you and there is those supporters that are really loyal and no matter what are always there, um, you know, trying to pick you up when you're down. I've said it before, like, um, no matter what, uh, happens in a game I know whenever I come oh, lift up my phone who the, the first four or five matches are going to be from be it whether you win or whether you lose but if you win you know you could have 15, 16 matches or, or more in the case of the All-Ireland Final where you're sitting with, with hundreds of matches flooding your phone um, so like it's it's frustrating that that people almost think that you've done it on purpose <laughs> you know none of, none of us go out to to lose on purpose. Nobody goes out to have a bad game, um, and just different things happen on different days. Um, but yeah, it's it's frustrating that people don't don't sometimes see the the person behind the player. I suppose to to put it in the, a good way. And like even obviously, I think you're probably is this would this year be your tenth year playing with Toronto Senior Eleven? Is it eleventh year? Yep, eleventh. Eleventh year, right? So like you're obviously on. I've been around a long time now and kind of at the the other round where you can maybe look back and reflect and like I'm just like yourself as an individual like with like highs and lows of sport you obviously have to manage yourself in terms of performance and you have a good day or a bad day and you've got your internal feelings but then that kind of noise and all that around it is that something you've had to get better at in terms of channeling or kind of how have you got better at dealing with that or kind of managing that over the years in a county where like let's be honest like the expectation levels are usually high in Tyrone and so how have you got better at that? 
come off Twitter for a start. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, like uh, genuinely, like, well, like were you were you getting crap on Twitter at times? Like in previous years, was there like was oh there yeah, like, stuff coming through? But like uh, again, like you would have had your good days where people would have been heaping the praise on you, and then you sure. would have had the other days where you know we had a poor game where you'd done something that maybe you shouldn't have done, and you get the other side of it. So like, I just found that I was for a while getting as the saying goes too high with the highs and then also too low with the lows so I just thought it was best to, to remove myself from, from that environment I didn't find that it was was helping me in any way I suppose um, so I just, just took myself out of the way of it and I suppose over the years then yeah like it it is hard at times playing for Throne because everybody expects you to win within Throne like, and that's it's great in a way that they have the belief in you, that that you have the ability to go and win games and, and win trophies and stuff. But in other times, it, it's hard because you can almost sense. I always say, like, sometimes before a game, you can sense whether things are going to go right um, just by, by the mood in the camp or, you know, how, how things are going in, in training. And sometimes it's hard because you're going into a game and you're thinking, oh, this this just isn't. It just isn't going to happen today, or um, you know, again, something could have happened to somebody that maybe the players and and team know about that the outsiders don't know, and you're sort of thinking, I just hope for his sake that that this goes well and um, it, it doesn't affect his performance. So it it can be tough um, managing the expectation, and then and on the flip side, it can be it was a it was a big lesson I had to learn. To, you know, take take things as they come and, and not to, to get carried away with, with a victory or a defeat. Like, is that something, like, like, do you think that's something you have to learn the hard way? Is that something that you can preemptively learn and get ahead of if you're trying to, like, help younger teammates coming through now or if it's wider players in the GPA or, like, say, intercounty players from other counties? Like, how... I suppose, like, linking that, what you've just said, to also your role involved with GPA, like... What are what are the biggest challenges you think facing intercounty players at the moment? And I suppose is there solutions slash like how can we help prepare or like be proactive about that? I I always sort of laugh in the like the preseason competitions. You know, the majority of time, like a new player will get like man of the match, and I always say like, it, at times I feel like it doesn't really matter if they are the best player. I think it's more a case of we can get this boy out to the media here and, you know, he'll say say something that maybe he shouldn't say if, like, a, like an experienced player, I suppose, wouldn't say and then the media's got a nugget that they can they can feed off for, for the next couple of weeks and um, I think, it, like, a lot of it comes down to protecting players, um, taking them out of that sort of scenario. Uh, I know, like, the media generally complain, I find, about how they don't get anything out of players and it's all, like, preempted stuff. Like I, I think like it's got to this stage now where players feel that they have to do that because they're afraid of it being twisted. Like I, I had to message a journalist last year twice because he took quotes that, that I had said and changed them into his own words and put speech marks around them. And I matched him and he said, oh, I didn't think that you'd really mind. I, I didn't really change it that much. And I was like, you, you, like, you, you can't do that. Like you can't put a quote around something that I actually haven't said um, and like uh, like there is a couple of journalists that I 
genuinely would trust and there's some that I just wouldn't speak to because I just don't trust how things are going to be portrayed. I've been caught personally a couple of times. Um, I said that journalist that I had the message last year and I got caught a number of years ago as well um, by a journalist um, having a general conversation with me and then printing what, I, what was said um, and saying, oh, I thought you knew whenever the dictaphone was on that the, the interview was live. Um, so like I got caught in that circumstance and that was me being probably a bit naive and a bit too trusting um, and I, I promised myself that I wouldn't get caught like that again and I try to try to pass that on to the younger boys as much as possible and um, I've done the media training that the G- GPA uh, put forward as well um, down the communications clinic in Dublin with uh, Owen um, and it was absolutely brilliant um, helped me in terms of media and with, with job interviews as well like so and um, we try to push that on our younger boys as well just so that they have that that wee bit of wee bit of training and wee bit of experience and know what they're what they're getting themselves in for going to like a, so the communications clinic like that now where you're choosing to like upskill yourself or listen to what you've described there to kind of been burned in a previous situation or been taken advantage of like what does like what does going to do something like that like does it teach anything about yourself the, whenever I went it was off the back of the, the incident with Paddy Andrews and um, where we had our collision and you know I was sort of worried about how I would answer the question um, if like we happened to play Dublin later in the year and the, the media tried to tried to blow it up again or whatever and it's going back to the very start of the conversation like I just always want to upskill I always want to get better and, and find different ways that, that I can Im- improve myself and you know I would, I would love to, you know, whenever I do retire, have, you know, a, a further career in GA in terms of media and stuff. And it's something that I enjoy doing, enjoy talking about. So, like, I'm just constantly trying to, to upskill and, and, and get better at different things. Cause yeah, I think, like, when you kind of reflect back on you're the, the player persona of Niall Morgan, I think when you kind of come onto the scene, you would have come across, like, a, a confident player and it was thrown in with the fact of, like, just the, like you were one of the earlier goalkeepers taking freeze as well and coming up the field. I think anyone watching kind of would see like a highly confident player, but like listening to you there, be it that media story or kind of some of the other examples you've described in outside, outside of sport, of like, do you feel like, that? have you had to do a body of work in terms of building confidence in who you are like as a person and yourself outside of kind of football? And like, is this, am I picking that up right? Yeah, no, definitely. Like, whenever I take the pitch, like, Football is is something that I've done since I was three, four years of age, and it just nearly comes second nature at this stage. Um, obviously, you're still always practicing, and you're always still trying to get better, and you're trying to make sure that you're um up to scratch for whenever you go to play games and stuff. But it's something that I just always feel like whenever I cross the white line that I can be confident and 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 get on with games. Like I absolutely hate pre-game I hate sitting in the dressing room I hate the bus journeys um, I'd be very nervous before games like in days leading up to it and that's club games county games doesn't doesn't matter mechanic cup games club friendlies like I'm, I'm generally nervous and like I do like I would have had a lot of self-doubt different times um, as much as you say like it doesn't come across whenever I take the pitch but that's because like if you showed self self doubt on the pitch, 
you know, you may forget about it. Like you're you're not going to get to play county football. You're you're going to be probably easily easily ruffled at, at club level. So it's like you have to put on that persona that no matter what happens in a game, that that you have the belief that you can you can turn it around, or you know that you know how good you can you can be. Like um, like the saying, "You're only as good as your last game." I always say to young lads, "You're only as good as your best game," because that's how you can perform. Um, so like if you turn around to a young lad or in a dressing room of young, younger lads and say you're only as good as your last game and there's somebody sitting in the corner that you know had a horrible day the last day out you know straight away their confidence is saying oh maybe I'm no good at football you know and so it's like I, I would always say you're as good as your best game and that's the way I see it and like any time I'm, I'm struggling for confidence or whatever like I would watch clips of, of good games or watch good games back and, and remind myself how well he can play and, and what he can do and what to do offer to the team and like so like I've had to build my confidence on and off the pitch like not just in terms of of my job like or in family life or whatever like it's it's just I just feel like life in general is a constant work in progress like you're you're never finished with, with anything you're doing and for you, like, talking about confidence there, and I'll be it on or off the pitch, like, when you are having, say you're going through a period of, of low confidence or just self-doubt coming in, like, it sounds like one of the things you were doing there was you, you then scan back to try find some evidence from your past to try and kind of lean back on or use to drive you forward. Is that kind of what you're just, I suppose, if anyone's listening in terms of relating to those feelings and just trying to get a better understanding maybe of what did work for you to help, A, like, get through that doubt, but then also move forward afterwards? Yeah, that's that's exactly it. Like, and that's again on the pitch. You know, it's like there's loads of video footage of of every footballer now, uh, club and county level. Like, so you can always you can always find evidence anywhere. Or if there there's no video footage, I'm sure everybody can remember something that they've done well in different games. Um, then like at home as well. You know, remembering like whenever you are out of the house a lot, it's sometimes you feel like you're letting your family down. But it's it's remembering the, the good things that you're doing as well, and and trying to put it into perspective, and then in, in the job sense too, it's everybody has their bad days and in, in work as well, and it's it's just put, being able to you know put it aside and say right tomorrow is a different day, and and there is room for improvement, and we can all improve. But I know I can do a good job in that, and whether something went wrong or not, it can be fixed. And and we can move forward and, and we can we can pick it up again. Um but like it's just nobody gets it easy. Um, you know, it's everybody has times where, where they're struggling, you know, no matter how they come across to everybody else. Um but it's it's knowing that there's there is good days that you've had and there there will be good days ahead as well. It sounds like those those experiences of of both the highs and the lows that you've you've described already. Like, I mean, is it fair to say like does that do you carry those lessons out? You be if that's like as a teammate in the in the dressing room, if you go training tonight or tomorrow, but also then in your day to day life with teaching staff with students. Like, do you feel like the experiences you've had in terms of those highs and lows have like helped to widen, I suppose, your perspective or your awareness of of what's happening or maybe what's happening around you. I always try to dig back into experiences to to get me through anything. Um, but like, at the same time, I try to take every day as it comes. If that makes sense, like it it might 
might be a bit contradictory, but like you're you're drawn on on things that have went well to help you through what's going now. Like I, I'm, I'm not. I'm somebody that always pushes the limits in terms of like a training. I'm always pushing boys to be better, um, and sometimes it it probably will come across nearly as negative that you're you're picking on people, but it's because I'm trying to push it on that, you know, whenever you do go into a game, that you're you're drawn on the positive that things were turned around um, and drawn from the experience of like I know you're better than that so I'm not going to let you lower your standards because of that um, and that's like I hold myself to that account so therefore I hold everybody else around me to the same um, and you're drawn on the experiences of like if you're going into a big game like you know that mediocre isn't going to cut it or if you're you're going into a job interview you know that you know not shaving the night before or not wearing a tie isn't going to 